Hi everyone, I'm Camille and I'm here with Jean and we're here again today to do a podcast for you all and talk about the theme which is perception and impermanence and the topic for the week which is memory. So memory is something that's very vast subject um, but when tied to grief it we, we really can have a whole lot of things to say about it. So our question that's sort of leading us off today is, is memory something you have or you have lost? And I think, I think that's an important understanding of perception. Do you have it or has it slipped away? Grief and memory Frequently, I find myself thinking back to the way that um, the Catholic Church has saints, and the saints have relics, and like you can get the fingernail of Saint so and so, and people hold on to that because it's something tangible that mm. brings to mind, that brings to memory. I'm um, I'm at my desk in North Carolina today, and I'm surrounded by things that I intentionally set around me because I want it to call to mind the things that I feel like I have that are important for me in that transformation of grief to purpose and some of them are painful memories and some of them are fun and happy memories but they're all tied together in this this understanding of where I am and where I've been and where I want to be Right, and, and sometimes it can also bring up the question of do we need to have tangible things in front of us to be able to remember something? Um, and yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. I'm at my desk here in Montreal, and I've got all these photos um, in frames and, and just all these reminders um, of the time that I was going through my intense grief moment, and I was frantically trying to put things together and put things in frames and make sure that you know I didn't lose any memories because for me something that's always been very difficult is the fear of losing memories Um, and it does happen um, but I don't think you should be afraid because it'll just make everything worse but you know, it does happen, and you do forget a lot of things, but it shouldn't be, you know, it shouldn't take over. You know, and miraculously, even if you don't realize that you've forgotten, a lot of times it's just like you haven't called it to mind. It's still logged in there. It's still in your software, so to speak. You know, you've got it in your brain, but you just haven't thought of something in a while, and that's where the the different things that can spark those reminders of what you've had and and what you were doing and where you were. Um, For me, my gosh, I'm very tied to olfactory memories. I'll walk by, I'll smell something or, you know, um, aromatherapy does a lot of that. I know that when when Angus first passed away, a lot of my friends were, were giving me geranium essence oil because that's supposed to be the most calming and everything. And at that time, it was it was doing an effective job, I think. Now, 
I really don't like the smell of geranium <laughs> essence oil because it, it just throws me into that space where I remember right. never being as undone as I was. Um, but No, but, you're right. And I feel like we have those like conscious memories and those unconscious memories. Yeah. Like those those memories that are at the back of your mind and that only come up when there's a trigger. And versus the memories that you sort of try to keep and you, you consciously are keep remembering them because you're like, well, this is a memory that I have to keep in my brain because it's so good and I need to... Or it, sometimes it can be bad, I guess. Um, you can, you know, you can sort of consciously, like, I don't know, I was going through a phase at one point where I was consciously trying to remember that visualization of um, Angus sort of falling and being like, well, this is tangibly exactly what happened, and I need to remember how it happened, or, and, and, and it was so irrational for me to do that, but I just needed to keep that memory as well, and now that's not something I think about anymore, so I think it's some tr- sort of, like, conscious memories will, will sort of um, cycle through, you know, you, you have different ones at, a, at different phases in your, in your grief to purpose journey and I think that it, it isn't just a one-way street you, you revisit you go back and sometimes you're remembering with just intense intense emotion that that in some ways is tied to a lot of the neurochemical changes in your brain in your brain I, I know that I love reading the work of Joe Dispenza and one of the things that he helps you understand is that you can't be moving forward. You can't create a new life that you want for yourself if you keep trying to build it from your old perspective, your old way of thinking. And that mm. if, if you remember something and you're constantly revisiting these negative and these sad and these horrible feelings that you really do create a neurochemical trigger in your brain a charge in your brain that can almost be addictive and I think that sometimes I've run into people who um that you can almost sense this um they don't want to give up on something. They, they need to keep revisiting this, this very negative experience. It's almost like they're, it somehow or another feeds something that they need. And I think just for me being aware that my brain chemistry is literally tied to the way I'm thinking about stuff. Yeah, I found it amazing. And I think that remembering with emotion can be remembering with fun emotion, too. It doesn't all have to be bad, you know? Yeah, no, no, yeah. But but separating the idea of remembering with emotion as opposed to remembering with wisdom, which is a little bit more of that remembering mindfully, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think back to the whole week one, the introducing everyone to the spiritual alchemy community, the whole focus on mindfulness and metacognition and thinking about the way we think that that this is a huge part of the the that transformation yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely and and you're right sometimes it can just feel better and very addicting to remember with emotion rather than with wisdom but i think that 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 definitely comes with time um at first you're only remembering with emotion oh my gosh of course that's the only thing that's sort of pouring out of you and then eventually you sort of start to remember yeah 
with wisdom and mindfully and, and really thinking about what it all means. And, you know, I know that you've mentioned before grief can be complicated and that there's really a, a kind of a technical study of complicated grief. Yeah, um, I was researching a little bit about memory and tied to grief. Um, and I found this, this uh, I guess, psychological state that um, people get into, which is called complicated grief. Um, and it's the feeling that everything in life is infused with a sense of absence and return of the deceased person is all that could relieve the pain. Um, and there's more things that go into it, but because because that definition really ties into a lot of what I, what I felt, and I don't necessarily think that I felt complicated grief necessarily, but there's this interesting study where Harvard uh, University psychological scientists studied uh, complicated grief, um, and the results were described in an issue of clinical psychological science journal um, and the results were very pr provocative compared to those who were experiencing normal grief those with complicated grief had clear defects of both memory and imagination so here they were unable to recall specific events from the past nor they could conjure up detailed future uh, future scenarios but here's the most intriguing finding. This cognitive deficit was apparent only when the events did not include the deceased. So when recalling past events with their partner or projecting future events with their partner, these extreme mourners were no different than the normal controls. So this is, this is a, 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 an interesting situation where the kind of whole opposite side is true, where I was saying before that I kept fearing of, of, of losing memories and with these people memory is really the only thing that you keep the memory of that that person is the, the only memory that you have I mean that raises a ton of questions I, you know and as you're as you're reading that and I'm thinking about how we store our memories we store them in our mind people put together scrapbooks to make memory books right um, I think a lot about the digital archival storage of our stuff where what if a system crashes? What if we have a solar flare and it all goes away? You know, that that's just a real important lesson, right? That it's, no, and, and, and you've said that to me before. That's not the first time you said that to me. No, I it's, really it's a great, I think about No, it's this. a great, yeah. I, I really do, and and I believe that you know, I'm um, I, I'm saddened when I stop to think about that m whoever the, the future generations might be that would be rummaging around in an attic won't find a box of letters or a box of pictures or, you know, that, that pressed rose between pages in a book. You know, where do we... Has this digital change made the idea of saving memories really different. And I and I get that at, at, at a surface level, and then I sort of think about it more, and I'm like, well, a box of letters could go up in flames in any moment if someone were to set a fire, just like the Internet could go down at any moment if someone were to turn off a server. So... 
It's true. I mean, They're, everything. Everything, everything is, is impermanent. impermanent. That's that's the right. topic of the week, right? And and I think that it's it is true that energy and empty space may be what we are all about at our essence. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the the letter will turn into ash and heat and smoke and and the essence of the letter. Matter can. Um, not be destroyed, but it can change form, right? Right. Um, right. So, how we how we think about that? You know, the 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 tons of digital images that people snap on their phone that they're so obsessed with taking that picture of what they're doing that I think that that in many ways they're not in the moment. How do they? How are they capturing a memory, or do they need to? Well, that when I when I take photos like that, when I'm like with a group of people and I'm really in the moment, and I'm like, sometimes I think about I'm like, hey, I could, I should take a picture right now because if I take a picture, I'll have a memory, and in that way, I think it's a great thing to be able to take pictures just instantly on your phone because you know you'll have a memory. But then it's weird because I'm consciously no, I'm consciously thinking about the fact that I'm creating a memory, um, and that that photo is in 10 years that photo is the only thing that I'm going to have to remember that night not the sight not the sounds not the smells not the the energy of the room it's just going to be that picture and I was I was gonna say this uh in this podcast as well is like a lot of like okay when my bet before Angus died my one of my best friends um lost her partner and I I didn't have the experience to know what to say um, at that time. But she was explaining it to me, and she was saying, and, and, and I would ask her, you know, what happened? Tell me what happened exactly. Um, you know, this was right when it happened. And she was like, I don't want to because I know if I'll explain it to you, then I'm only going to keep explaining it in the way that I remember it, and it's not going to be in the actual way that it happened. And then she was saying how she needed to stop looking at photos and videos because she was only going to remember it through those photos and videos, kind of like your childhood. And when Angus died, I sort of took that with me. And I was like, I made a documentary with, you know, a bunch of clips of him and our friends, and I kept all these photos. And now it seems like, it really does seem like I'm sort of remembering a childhood. I'm remembering a past through photos instead of through what actually happened. But I'm, I've also put in a little bit of a strategy to help me to fix this. You know, I try not to remember specific events, but I remind myself of his energy and the way that he smiled at me in certain moments, his laugh or the way that he signed his name, the way that he hugged me, the things that he encouraged me to do how he would react if he saw me right now. So those kinds of things are a better reminder of him than the specific things that we did together. You know, you you, you can relate. Like, you'd, you'd remember his... If you could think about his laugh, you'd remember his laugh. Oh, my gosh. Instant. Yeah. In an instant, it just comes back. Or his smile with those teeth. I know. Those, ca- those canines. <laughs> and, like, and, like, I so love remembering those kinds of things instead of just thinking, ah, oh, what did we do that day? Or looking at photos and being like, oh, what, what did he say about that? Or what, what, what was the action here? Or how many, you know, mm-hmm. how many apples did we buy? Or I don't know, something silly. 
Yeah. Um, but just the energy, you know, reminding yourself of the energy. And, and, that that's, and I think the energy is what's yeah. maintained, right? Because if exactly. you want to think about impermanence, it's the, 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 the impermanence yeah. is all of this, this stuff. But the essence of what we are is so much beyond that. And, and then I think, again, yeah, exactly. that, that really relates back to that whole first week of, um, of thinking about metacognition and mindfulness and, and having that conversation with yourself to be the, the observer behind the thought and, you know, and when, you, when you're trying to meditate or whatever and, and there's chat going on and to have that other voice go, not now, or yeah. shh, maybe later, be quiet. Who's telling you to be quiet? You know, where's, where's, the, where's the, the different parts of that conversation coming from? And I, I do think that there's some fun things. There's some fun things that are always going to bring back such sweet warm that like every time I look at the note on my computer that says this is not a pumpkin plan (laughs) I go you know what it isn't and it's kind of like an affirmation for me to our listeners um (laughs) if you don't know what that means which you don't um please uh, share I mean uh the pumpkin plan was, it all stemmed from actually how Angus and I met because he was working at a little local grocery near my house and I would go often to see him. Anyway, that's not part of the story. The story is that during the October season, they would have all these little pumpkins in the in the back and, and to sell and just like a ton of them in the back. Um, and by the end of the season, obviously, they weren't all going to be sold. So Angus's boss, Chris, uh, would, you, would, you told him um, one day, I remember because he was so excited, uh, that they were going to go and take the pumpkins that hadn't been sold and go shoot at them, um, <laughs> right, in a field or something. I think that, that was what it was. And Angus was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited to do this. Like, Chris, like, wants me to hang out with him and... You know, and then Chris was like, yeah, like, we'll definitely do this. Um, And then weeks and weeks and weeks go by, and Angus never heard back from him. And it sort of became a pumpkin plan, sort of became a plan that your friends sort of tell you is going to, they're like, oh, you should definitely do this. Yeah, we're doing this, definitely. And then it never happens. Um, So when we started Stardust, it was kind of like, this is not something that we're going to say we're going to do, and it's not going to get done. This is actually going to get done. And it has. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't have to do with memory. No, but, but wasn't that cute? Because, see, I'm watching you. I'm watching you remember, and your eyes going, I, I forget in which direction that they track, but when you're remembering, like, you kind of look up, and you're thinking, and you can tell when people are pulling up pictures in their mind of when something happened, and then you go, you can remember where you were, and that y'all are having this conversation, and I can just feel the energy of him being excited, you know? Yeah, and really the most, the most thing, the most poignant thing that comes back to me in those memories is his essence, and, like, his energy of, like, how excited he was, really. Yeah. Like, I'm struggling to remember the details of the story, but I... 100% 100% remember his essence. Oh, and probably jumping around, and he's just like, ah, you know, this is going to be yeah. so cool. Um, and and to that point, the the whole 
the, the whole relationship that we have with the way we perceive the world around us, the fact that the things that we think we have is a memory, something you have or something you have lost. It, it depends on the way you think about it, right? And uh, so I think it's a lovely topic of discussion for this week. Yes. And we've got a lot of other incredible content to go with memory during this fine, fine week in December. And um, years in, you know, it's always a time when people start remembering, oh, uh, what was the year like? What did I achieve? And all that. But, um, you know, maybe it would be really cool to just keep in mind as we're approaching the end of the year and we're, we're wanting to look back, you know, that's what you're always supposed to do. What um, Remember right. this year. Reflect. What, yeah. what, what are you remembering? So making yourself have that conversation, you know, like mm-hmm. not just, oh, this year did this, this, and this. How, how did you come up with those as the memories you're pulling forward? Yeah. Right. Um, and, and what sparks those memories and, and are they conscious or are they unconscious? And just, we've, we've, we've talked about a whole, a whole lot of things. And if you all have anything to say, um, or, you know, what you think about it, definitely let us know and we'll talk about it. Right. And I think uh, in many ways, because this is the first of the podcast that might be about memory, give us some ideas of other things related to memory you'd like to just throw out there. Let us see what we yes. can do with it. But uh, this was delightful. And I, I think that we are, re- we will remember this fondly, right? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely we'll remember this um and now we have a tangible thing that we've created and we uh, do an audio file an audio file three two one <laughs> all right well we didn't need to do that at the end but it was kind of cute thank you all for listening and um <laughs> we'll talk to you soon all right bye now <laughs>